Hello and welcome back to Cinephiles, the internet's number one John Cena film review program. I am one of your two co-hosts every week. I am Henry T. Casey, joined as always by Mike Andronico. Say hi, Mike. Hey everybody, how is it going? Awesome. We are great to have you with us. And today we are here to discuss the latest chapter. And it's sort of the biggest, It's, it's if Ferdinand was the start of a new era of the John Cena films, this is definitely the continuation of like, oh, it's a new day. Yes, it is for the cinematic career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, that 16-time world champion, that best-selling author, TV show host, and overall sentient meme machine himself, John Cena. Um, and today, yes, we are talking about Bumblebee, a Transformers movie, because John Cena's... Um, it's funny, um, we're a week away from, fa less than a week away, we're five days away from Fast 9 coming out, and I would have thought that John Cena's debut in an action movie would have been, like, a Fast fi Fast and Furious movie, but no, mm -hmm. the Transformers, universe, the, the TCU, Transformers Cinematic Universe, got him first, and so, Mike, as we do every week, we're going to turn things over to the Wikipedia corner with one Mike Andronico. What do you have for us today, Bubba? Oh, Henry, do I have some fun facts for you on the 2018 film Bumblebee. So this was the sixth live-action Transformers film. Uh, the first one not directed by Michael Bay. He was a producer, but this was Travis Knight. Uh, it is both a spin-off and a prequel, and I think they later declare that it's basically a reboot of the whole franchise. And um, yeah, this movie definitely did some numbers. So grossed about 127 million in the U.S. and Canada. Total worldwide 468 million against a budget of 135 million. So made some good cash, and and perhaps most notably, it's the best reviewed Transformers film, which is not very surprising. But if we pull it up here, Rotten Tomatoes, Bumblebee, uh, it's sitting at a 90% certified fresh. This is the first certified fresh film we've covered for Cinephiles. We'll get into it. It might be the best film that we've talked about so far uh, in this on this podcast. Um, but a very well-received film for a franchise that was, you know, kind of languishing with the whole everything they were doing with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and all that. First, but that was first, never really yeah. their fault, it felt like to me. No, the, no. the problem with the early Transformers movies were, well, they had a sort of good first one. And then the Transformers kind of became like... Not Jar Jar Binks, but like very thinly veiled racist caricatures for a couple of them. So they needed a fresh start and no better person to call for that than one John Cena, but also Haley Seinfeld. Um, but just so that you know, for the people watching today, you're probably noticing if you're watching live or on YouTube that the little box below us isn't playing the trailer. And I can't figure out how to get both the trailer and Mike's beautiful face to be animated at the same time. So we're going to move on. But this is me owning it and us well, moving on from it technical issues always happen there are always accidents much like the accident that occurred when we first saw this movie together in theaters in december 2018 so just i want to add a little personal fun fact in here so after we saw this you know christmas time 2018 was the day of the infamous uh transformer explosion in astoria uh where the sky turned blue for a while uh, which is hilarious because the way the timing worked out, it happened like right after I got home and I missed the entire thing because I was busy making myself a turkey burger, which is on brand for me in every conceivable way. 
but I will always associate this movie with that event. It's also funny because a Transformer exploded. This is a Transformers film. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe viral marketing. Who knows? Transformers explode in this film all the time. Like, there is a, a lot, lot of... A lot of... <laughs> like, uh, Transformers flying in from the sky like meteorites is the running trope of the film. So I would not be surprised if these were... The, that was because of one of the two unnamed villainous Decepticons. Um, they never got names, did they? I wanted to they ask do. you about. Yeah, they so do. Okay. I, not not within the context of the film. Okay, common, that's a common theme in just about every movie we watch. But yeah, they are, uh, I believe, Shatter and Dropkick, okay. uh, voiced voiced by Angela Bassett and Justin Theroux. They brought out the big guns for the, the voice talent in this film. They just did really good casting throughout the film. Um, yes. But like a lot of characters, you never like get told their names up front. Um, I think uh, the mother is just mom. Um, played yeah. by um, Pamela Waldron, I think. Uh, Pamela, yeah. no, Pamela Adlin, who uh, sort of got one of her big, uh, got her one of her big breaks acting on the show Louis, uh, which mm. we don't talk about anymore. And I feel like I've seen her boyfriend Steven Schneider, the actor who played that character Ron, in a bunch Ron. of other things before. But he also just looks like a shared acquaintance of both of ours. Like, do you know who <laughs> I'm talking about? That one guy. Ah. Uh. Where he's a friend who, of a friend of from? like I think he's one of. See, I'm not gonna name the name because because I can't remember his name. It feels bad, but um, right. I'm gonna text you something right now because well, well yeah, we'll take that offline. But yeah, yeah, sure yeah. I'll do it later. Sure, do it later. I, sure, I will agree with you. But uh, hey, yeah, Magan, welcome to the stream. Just sorry to we got this is a Twitch stream, so we got we got to uh, say hello. Thank you for joining us today for Bumblebee. And yes, we are rolling out. And Mike, we roll past the opening credits corner, but do we have anything left in the Wikipedia corner that I forgot to go over? No, those are the key facts, and I think we this is a great time to to roll right into the beginning of this film, which again, this is me recapping this as a non Transformers fan, but we've basically got the war for Cybertron, we've got this big battle, Transformers battling Decepticons, classic stuff, uh, Optimus Prime kicking all types of butt, and he basically says, Hey, you know, they're Cybertron's falling. They've gotta, they've gotta get out, find a new place. Optimus Prime's like, hey, I found a planet that's well hidden. It's called Earth. I don't know if you heard of it. So uh, he tells Bumblebee, who goes by like B, B one twenty seven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he basically sends Bumblebee off to Earth to protect it and kind of build up Earth as their 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 last stand where they could kind of start over. Uh, and that brings us to uh, not present day, but nineteen eighty seven Earth. And in a very much like, okay, um, part of the thing about this movie is that it doesn't give us a whole lot of John Cena, but it starts off with some. That's part of why I considered it. Like, I've watched some movies, or started them and watched for a fair amount, and then skimmed through to see how much of the movie he was in. But for us to get this much Cena early and get enough of him throughout, it qualified. Um, but yes, we're in 1987, we're in the forest, and it looks like there are hunters. And they all look creepy. I'm like, which one of these guys is John Cena? One of these guys has got to be John Cena. But then it's Paintball. And then there's a guy named Danny who gets strung up by his feet. And we never hear from Danny again after the scene. But uh, John Cena shows off his acting chops and keeps shooting him with paintballs, even though Danny has a date that night. And as somebody yeah. who went on their first date in a very long time, I'm not really happy with the way Cena played this. I think it's a little disrespectful to somebody. Dating is not the easiest thing to do. And he almost shot him in the face. and almost got him in the eye. Like, that's bullying, really, John. Be a star. Really, really disrespectful. Yeah, so the, the context behind the scene, this is 
basically, I forget if they were the army or some kind of special forces, but it was just, it was a training sequence. Uh, and these two groups were practicing against each other using paintballs. But yeah, John Cena, uh, one of the better John Cena intros, I think. Right off the bat, I think they establish his character well, where he's like, he's this tough military dude, but he's super goofy, super self-aware. And as Henry pointed out, just being a total jackass to his friend. And like, he's like, oh, my trigger's malfunctioning. He just keeps shooting him, keeps shooting him. Um, but I, I wrote in my notes, like, I, I feel like John Cena looks really comfortable as like a main character actor in this movie. Like, he, you could just tell he's having a good time with, with the little bit of time he has. Um, but yeah, things don't stay cheery and jokey for long because we've got a big meteor-like structure falling to the sky and uh lo and behold it's bumblebee and everybody thinks this thing is a threat um but right before bumblebee crashes to earth danny is trying to tell unnamed john cena character what's going on and cena goes danny i know i look stupid but and then they turn and oh it's a crashing it's a crashing transformer and Cena gets on the intercom and calls it in and claims that there's napalm. And he's like, "You're stop! Why are you dropping real napalm during a test simulation?" Blah blah blah. But it's B it's B one two seven soldiers are hunting B one two seven down. But when Cena interacts with it, he doesn't attack. He sort of observes. Mm-hmm. He's no Kevin James, but he also reported earlier. But um, <laughs> and then they're gonna chase it down. He yells, "Drive!" And then the second the bumblebee, I guess because bumblebee was scanning these other G- these other Humvees, it transforms into a yellow version of the Humvee. And Cena goes, "What the hell?" Like just like in real time, just accepting and processing and moving on. And he yells, "Take that thing down!" And they shoot. Bumblebee runs away. Uh, Cena goes, "Light it up!" But bumblebee, ever so like not wanting to hurt anybody. He has chopped down trees that are far enough away from the cars. So the cars don't get like, he doesn't nobody gets hurt, but then Bumblebee's up against a bad corner as well. He, there's a mine that he sees the entry for. He's going to go in there, but no, because a car probably runs him down. And Cena gets on the top of a hum, the Humvee, jumps into a giant spear gun thing. Like he's one of those like literal GI Joe action figures. When you were a kid that had a turret, and Bumblebee goes, please, this is a mistake. And Cena looks to the sky. Who called in the Air Force? Because there's a jet flying overhead. And Bumblebee, like he knows what the Air Force is, says, that's not the Air Force. And we see, Mike, is this Starscream? This is possibly, a, yeah, either Starscream or uh, Shatter. One of the Decepticons shows up initially as a jet. Uh, well, I think this just... can't be. Is Shatter one of the future ones that we meet later, or yeah, Shatter? No, we meet Shatter this, later. this gets blown the f up. Okay, because, so this is definitely yeah, hundred percent no, not Shatter then. Because Bumblebee and start they fight, and Bumblebee stabs him, and he's like, um, "Tell me where your friends are hiding." Bumblebee goes, "I'll never talk," because Bumblebee really does have a hustle, loyalty, and respect uh, phenomena here. And then after his, "I'll never talk." The Decepticon goes, then let's make it official. Stabs him in the throat, basically guts his voice box. So Bumblebee is even more worse off than that guy in that old commercial who would talk out of the voice box. He's even more screwed than that guy. And he falls and falls. And he's about to be killed by... Because, yeah, the trans- the Decepticon gets him in a goozle, gets him in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee take- grabs a missile off of his arm and stabs it right back into him. 
blasts the missile, and it blows this Decepticon to smithereens. And we're sort of off to the races? Yeah, of? so yeah, so this is the whole disaster. We see we see Agent Jack Burns, John Cena's character, under burning rubble. So, you know, this they've this Decepticon has wreaked havoc. Uh Bumblebee's got no voice. And uh yeah, cut to we meet our lead character, Haley Stanfeld, uh, who plays Charlie. And uh very classic she's a very classic eighties kid. Uh, she wakes up, literally immediately grabs her yellow Walkman, foreshadowing. It's yellow. You see what they did there? Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's so much exposition. You really get to see what she's all about. She loves cars, has a ton of cars, has a bunch of band poster. She's listening to, I think, the Smiths at this point. There's a lot of great use of 80s music in, throughout this film. Like the Joan uh, Jett hair aesthetic. Like, it's yeah. very much, uh, this, it was overly set decorated, basically, like, it's one of those typical like this is a kid this is like a coming of age movie and the yeah. set decorator bought like three times as many posters as any normal kid has and she yeah. also has an Elvis Costello t-shirt that just looks yep. like something you would buy at Target now for a band that didn't have that t-shirt originally you know yeah how it 100%. works so so we yeah we find out little tidbits we find out her her father is no longer with us we meet her mom we meet her stepdad Ron uh, her little brother Otis. Things don't they don't seem to have the greatest family dynamic, not the not the best relationship. Uh Otis shows up in his karate suit and uh it's a it's a gi, but the mom calls it a karate suit, which is the most infantilizing adorable thing ever. Yeah, there's a funny scene there's a funny scene where she asks uh where the mom asks Charlie to take Otis to school and she's like Charlie's like, Otis could defend himself. He's like, Yeah, if anyone tries anything, I'll rupture their freaking spleen. Um, which is sort of a spoiler for how people get defeated throughout the movie but yes yes, Magan Haley is fantastic the thing about this movie and I think part of why it got such a good Rotten Tomatoes score number overall is that Haley Steinfeld carries this thing she I bet Marvel saw this and was like okay that's our that's our Hawkeye yeah Yeah. this is a really great performance and we we discover that Charlie works at Hot Dog on a Stick at the local amusement park yeah. So yeah, cut to cut to Charlie at work. Uh, she has a classic. There's the classic like nerdy kid and the bully kid. She's she's serving food and drinks. She accidentally spills her drinks on like the really attractive bully jerk character um, who rips his shirt. Off. He pops his top yeah. off after she does it pops just because he can. Pops his top off um, just to say, hey, there's this Jack dude. There are these really mean girls. No pun intended. That will come into play later. She's riding her bike. To more 80s music, uh, and then we go to kind of her 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 sanctuary, her safe haven. She goes, she shows up to her buddy Hank's repair shop. She loves cars. It's she her uncle, I believe, actually. Is her is it her uncle? Okay, yeah, yeah. She she mumbles she the words, but Uncle yeah. Hank is what she calls him at first. And so that's, she knows the carburetor yeah. and socket wrenches better than the people who work there do. We quickly learn that she is a gearhead. Um, yeah, and she's salvaging parts from a speedboat, Mike, but. You know, Charlie doesn't have her name is Charlie. She doesn't have the most best luck. And what happens when she knocks one speedboat over? So she creates this domino effect where all this a bunch of speedboats just start crashing on one another. But as a result of that, she notices something peculiar. There happens to be a little yellow uh, Volkswagen Beetle hidden behind these uh, dusty covers. She's like, "Huh, that's interesting." And I love, I love all the visuals here. There's literally a beehive under the car. Like they cannot spell it out more loudly. You see the Transformers logo on the wheel, and um, she turns. And then here's a pivotal moment. So she gets in this 
unassuming yellow beetle that is abandoned. Uh, you know, at least that's what she thinks. Uh, she gets in, turns the radio on, the radio works, and we have this incredible zoom out into outer space where we're just going past all the planets. I forget if we're even on a planet or on an asteroid, but we cut to the Decepticons. You don't know right? where, but like two Decepticons are just bullying Cliff Jumper, who just yeah. keeps saying, My name is Cliff Jumper. I am an Autobot. Blah, blah, blah. And he's refusing to snitch. They're trying to get him to drop diamond where the other Autobots are. He won't say. But Mike, he doesn't have mm -hmm. to say, does he? No, because eventually um, Shatter and Dropkick, they hear the signal. And they're like, all right, this seems to be coming from Earth. Time to go get our boy. And poor Cliff Jumper, RIP to a real one, because he just gets sliced in half um, as it's... they do that. Um, <laughs> but a recurring trope in the movie or plot device, whatever you want to call it, it, they don't they sort of hear it's earth but not right they trace the signal but the song that plays the signal is sometimes you want to go wherever like the cheer song plays and it's one of these recurring things where different songs are played and so they are gonna go to earth but back down back down earth hank's trying to watch alf charlie is having mm -hmm. trouble repairing the bumber bum, uh, bumblebee and she's like i can't do this without you dad and because she's really, and she, but she walks in the living room and sees her, their sort of family 2.0, if you will, uh, Otis, Mom, and Ron watching mm -hmm. Alf, laughing and enjoying themselves, and she just feels completely alienated and isolated, and it's a kind of sad moment. Cut to next mm -hmm. morning, Ron's got an interview coming up, and he yes. said if he gets this job, Charlie will be swimming in car parts because that's what Charlie wants from her mom was just you know five hundred bucks. Because um, that's what nurses have is spare cash lying around. Charlie's mom was a nurse, and um, but it's Charlie's birthday, and um, what? And since Charlie is very punk rock, what does Charlie's mom get her for her birthday? Charlie's mom gets her obviously the one thing she really wanted, which is a very girly helmet with daffodils on it. Because if you know Charlie, that's that's what she's all about. And Ron gets her the greatest gift of all, uh, basically a book. Say, uh, uh, that teaches you how to smile because if there's one thing women love being told is that mm. they need to smile more so very thoughtful gift from her her new dad ron at first um, i saw the helmet i'm like okay this has to be a joke the real gift has to be somewhere else and then yep. they open i'm like the book is called smile for a change yeah smiling releases endorphins and people who smile more have more friends and none of this is yep. a joke and it's like yep. oh god um, yeah, so Ron, Ron, Ron sucks at this point so far. Yeah. We're not, we don't like Ron just yet. But things things kind of... Uh, uh, Charlie's fortunes improved. Her her birthday does eventually get better because she, show, she shows up to Hank's shop. She's like, listen, I want the Beetle. I'll do anything. I'll work here for a year. I'll even detail your horrible, disgusting toilet. And uh, Hank's like, sorry, we're not hiring. The car is yours. Happy birthday. And uh, she's really happy. And his toilets are pristine. Thank you very much. Um, because yes. you know, pride. Uh, we get a renovation montage, but then, of course, for no apparent reason, one of Bumblebee's arms just falls off the bottom of the car, mm -hmm. and Charlie is really confused. And being the real gearhead that she is, she gets out that little what is it called? That little thing that people lie on to slide underneath a car and look up at. Like, there's that little like thing. It's like a tr dolly or. It's a wheel. Let's, let's call it a dolly. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies to all the uh, the the car. The yeah. Apologies to Adam. Right if we he's have to watching. have Adam call. We have to yeah. have our buddy Adam from Time Extend call in. But, yeah. Uh, um. She goes underneath. She does a flashlight, and we see Bumblebee's 
unilluminated face, but apparently mm. all you need to do is flash a flashlight in the face of a passed out or hiding transformer and it lights the F up. And B-127 comes alive and in this moment you think to yourself one thing. Thank God this garage has a huge ass ceiling. Yes. Yeah, so this is a really cute scene where they're basically meeting for the first time. Bumblebee's in full, you know, he's fully Bumblebee mode walking around. He's He gets, he's really scared. He's fumbling around. He kind of hides in the corner like a little puppy. So they start getting to know each other. He obviously can't talk. So he doesn't have his, his synthesizer. And uh, so Charlie's like, you sound like a Bumblebee. I'm going to call you Bumblebee. He seems cool with that. Um, we cut to this trailer park yep. couple having an argument. Uh, incredible scene. I I, I call the, the, the guy kind of looks like an off-brand AJ Styles, which I wrote in my notes. <laughs> and there's an amazing line where the woman's like, you tried to sleep with my sister. Unsuccessfully. And goes, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, she says, so this... <laughs> well, she says back to him, you never succeeded anything. <laughs> But uh, this was this was basically to introduce the the Decepticons coming to Earth because we see another meteor drop, and uh, it crash. It's AJ Styles. Fake AJ Styles is worried it's going to hit his car. He's like, oh no, oh no! It crashes into another car. He goes, thank God, my car. And the wife's like, hey, well, I'm okay too, honey. Very classic, uh, you know, classic odd couple moment. But yeah, here we go. We meet uh, Shatter. We see Shatter and Dropkick arrive on Earth. They totally. They just turn hillbilly aj styles into goop so they're not here to yeah. mess around he pops yeah. like a blister and right before yeah. he do they do that to him one of them says earth how underwhelming mm -hmm. and i can't blame you uh but they are here to hunt b1 b127 and we cut to the next morning um uh charlie can't find b127 slash bumblebee she's and she walks outside and her co-worker who it seems to also be her neighbor is wandering around reading a magazine, which he just <gasps> throws to the side once he sees her, because well, haven't we all? Um, and then, but before when back when Roy fake AJ Styles was liquefied, the Transformer did say, "I like the way they pop," because that's not sociopathic at all. Um, but it turns out, Mom took the car. Mom took yeah. Bumblebee for a drive, and um, Charlie yeah, so doesn't like that news. Yeah, so yeah, it turns the dog. It turns out the dog was sick. Uh, I guess Ron. Ron had the other. You know, Ron had. Ron was out. Ron had the car. So mom takes uh, Charlie's new car for a drive to take the dog to the vet, and we get this hilarious scene where um, Bumblebee's basically starts exposing himself as a transformer. He's wait. He he's you know he's he's a gentle giant. He's waving to the dog. He's having fun with the dog. But he's doing uh, it with his arm popping out of the trunk yeah. as like yeah. a weird tail, like a sentient tail wagging, I guess. Yep. Yep. And I think Charlie eventually catches up to them and she's trying to she's trying to wave Bumblebee down like don't do that. Don't show yourself. Um so it's a fun little scene. I forget and I, I think they successfully keep Bumblebee under wraps for net for for now. Yeah. No. Um, Charlie has to like panically d debate with her mom that like, no, I, I was really worried about the dog because her mom's like, why are you, why are you out here? And her yeah. mom goes, you were just complaining that the dog is Otis's problem, not yours. And she, yep. she, Charlie goes, mom, you're being hysterical. You're always like this when there's an emergency. And her m mom goes, I'm a nurse. And then Charlie goes, but not for animals. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like funny yeah. I just gotta say the, one of the reasons why this movie is pretty darn good compared to p previous John Cena movies is that the sort of like filler like 
punchy dialogue is actually not that it's, bad it's, it's pretty it's good. very well yeah it's very breezy very well written and i think the jokes hit like i laugh out loud multiple times during this film yeah. which did, hasn't happened a lot in this series and then we cut to the army base where we learn that agent <laughs> cena is agent burns because one of his uh, underlings walks in with a report it turns out well first of all agent burns has a huge scar running on the side of his face which was where he was bleeding when b127 crashed on earth um, but he tells the uh, soldier something, Mike. I, I, I bet you have this written down. Oh, of course I do. Pretty much as I as I did with every quote from everything that John Cena uttered in this film. So he gets the intel and he goes, "We're going to Texas." Oh. It's <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, saddle up. We're going to Texas. Yes. Like, sorry, I forgot the important detail. But it's, I mean, if it's so... gonna, it, he's making a cowboy <laughs> joke. Like I. I love it when this character tries to be humorous, even though he's just a sort of a... And it's, we're not doing it justice. Like, his delivery is perfect, where it's that, riding that perfect line where he, it's kind of, it's, he knows how goofy his character is, and there he's fully hamming yeah. it up. Yeah. It's really well done. He was so perfectly written cast in this film. Uh, we cut to Charlie and Bumblebee at the beach. They have a really cute scene of, like, she's trying to teach him how to act in public and how, to, how not to hide expose himself yeah how yeah. to be covert no, when to just be a normal car which you know as sometimes we have to teach our pets that yeah um so it's, it's you know he's still learning but it's it's a funny little uh it's a funny little moment because she points over she's oh my god no hi like she pretends that somebody's there and so she yeah. runs behind something and then when she pokes her head out to see what bumblebee's doing bumblebee is so it's a giant flipping transformer, and it's buried its head in the sand like a like a yeah. Oh, yeah it's it's a, he's he's like a small child, like he's literally just a big baby, doesn't know what to do. Uh, but we cut to a very important scene because now we are in Texas. Burns and his crew have their first contact with the Decepticons, and it's kind of a weird. Uh, they're kind of Burns is at odds with his scientist, Doctor Powell. He's he's really excited to meet the Decepticons. He thinks they can work together advanced technology you know it's a new alien species whatnot burns is ready to just kill them he's looking awesome in his sunglasses he's got his gun ready and he's got another one of his great one-liners he's like we currently have 100 guns pointed at your head so if they make one their... wrong move we put them down yep so this is their first kind of negotiations yeah and the deceptic um the other the robot uh, the transformer goes we are decepticon peacekeepers and they're trying to like get on the gun good with the humans and then the other one mutters this is humiliating like they but they're they're trying to do, they're running a con they're working the humans if you will um mm -hmm. and at the end one of them says very well friend powell take us to your leader because they they're throwing out all the right red flags about why they shouldn't be trusted um, but when Charlie's fixing Bumblebee, out pops, well, video FaceTime voicemail from old Optimus Prime. And it seems like Bumblebee's memory kind of gets jogged by this. And Charlie understands that Bumblebee's on the run. But he points to his radio. And Charlie's yep. like, oh, is it... Bro and it's, so she starts tooling with the radio. Meanwhile, Bumblebee in a moment that becomes valuable later, has been watching The Breakfast Club this whole time. Yes. And he watches the scene where um, the one dude at the very end just fist bumps in the air, and um, he learns that mannerism, he performs out loud. But then he wants something else to watch, so he goes to the stack of VHS cassettes, and he puts in one of her old tapes when she was on the swim team. 
and it's her dad recording it and he's very proud of his daughter and she's a very good diver but Charlie has a really strong really like negative reaction that scares Bumblebee like he's worried that she's going to lash out at him and it's not yeah scares the bee yeah so yeah clearly that was a that's a touchy subject for her watching that tape of her diving uh with her dad uh perhaps her incredible skill at diving may come into play later who knows we'll what see, machinations but... could require that yeah but luckily things lighten the mood a bit because eventually again they're like playing with all her 80s stuff and she's putting on different music <laughs> he starts dancing to take on me which is incredible she tries some other music that does not go over as well he's not a fan of girlfriend in a coma by the smiths uh she puts never gonna give you up on but she immediately spits out with a very angry reaction like he ejected yeah. that at like full speed I love it. And then, you know, they touch, he tries to touch her record. She gets really upset. She's like, no, those are my dad's. And then we find out, like, she's had her dad's car in the garage the whole time. She just can't get it to start. Um, so that's, like, a big, big problem for her. Like, she wants to kind of, that's her one piece of him she still has. And she can't bring it back. And she's still trying to. So that's that scene. But we go back to the army and their boss Oh man, Mike, I'm just going to let you roll with this one. When his, when everybody else in the room is seemingly okay with working with the Decepticons, what does uh, Agent Burns have to say to that? Burns says, I say this with all due respect. Have you lost your mind? And, and, and Powell's like, well, think of the advances they could bring. He's like, yeah, I imagine the advances, the advances they'll make on Washington, the advances they'll make on New York, Chicago. He says... They literally call themselves Decepticons. Does that not set off any red flags? Which is like, I have that all caps in my yep, notes. Probably, same. Probably same. my favorite line. Yeah. John Cena is saying what we're all thinking. Like, why is the government <laughs> trusting these robots that are called Decepticons? And why do they keep that? Why did they even admit? Do they, like, <laughs> if I was the Decepticon, I would probably not f- identify myself as such to whatever the humans. Um, But then, because this is America in the 80s, the scientists tells the boss, well, if we say no, they're just going to go to the Russians. Do you want to be the one responsible for why the Ru- how, why the Russians get all the big technological advances? And yeah. it seems like they're going to work with the Decepticons. And so cut back to the uh, suburban neighborhood, and uh, our uh, the, cr- the co-worker or the guy who has a giant crush on Charlie is outside of their like apartments he's, or houses. He's pacing. He Maybe you want to go on a date with me, he asks rhetorically out loud and then he goes you're not a nerd you're not a nerd you're not a nerd he's like trying to psych himself up but then he sees bumblebee so charlie has to bring him into the fold and we finally learn his name is memo yes memo which ironically we both forgot he didn't get the we 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 didn't get the memo memo. (laughs) yeah so this is uh, this is Memo. So yeah, now Memo's in the fold. Um, you know, obviously she she makes a funny comment of like, if you tell like you can't tell anyone or I'll kill you. Um, but then they have you know they, they, there's a fun moment of them starting to bond. They're driving together in Bumblebee, and then she freaks him out. She's like, check out his reflexes and very Tesla like. She takes her hands off the wheel. Bumblebee keeps driving. Then she's like, hey, take your shirt off because <laughs> they want to. I don't know if they, this was reenacting a scene from a movie, but they both stand up wave their arms in the air and they're just shouting and well she's got a having... blindfold on because they're enjoying the bumblebee yes. driving them for them yes. so it's something's going well, really on here it's very confusing but the shirt goes flying so now memo has no shirt he's cool yep. with it you know they're having a good time everybody uh everybody wants to rule the world is playing another great music choice 
And uh, we're back to the base. Burns is telling uh, one of his, I think either his boss or his fellow officer, you know, how bad, how much he doesn't trust Powell and he doesn't like this plan. And basically Burns' boss says, listen, let Powell do what he wants for now. Once we get through this, you have full permission to destroy these things. You know, it's very much like this overall, like, yeah, we don't trust any of these people kind of thing. But yeah. um, they're all... But Powell, he, he, Powell, Burns' line was, he's a weird guy. You ever notice that about him, about Powell? <laughs> like, just like, again, John Cena is saying what we're all thinking. But this is when we start to see that Bumblebee is learning to talk. Like, he plays the song Weird Science when Charlie and Memo are talking about this weird, um, they're going to kidnap you and perform scientific experiments. And then Bumblebee starts playing It Takes Two. Right, as they're driving up to the popular kids' party. And we learn that the hunk who popped his top off earlier, his name is Trip, because of course it is. Um, <laughs> and Trip is going to jump really dangerously off of a cliff. You could say he's going to take a trip off the cliff. And who wants to do it too? Nobody. B-187, though. B-127 volunteers Charlie to jump off the cliff. Trip remembers her, not from the accident earlier, no, but from their diving competitions. Mm. But before Charlie can say anything, Trip just jumps and does the jump himself. So Charlie, nervously, timidly, walks up to the... Nope, not going to do that, walks back. She's got so much baggage about diving. Not going to mm -hmm. do it, not feeling ready yet. Um, but then the meanest piece of dialogue in the whole movie happens. Ugh. Because the mean girls roll up, and the the chief mean girl is named Tina. And she's like, this car is a disgrace. Like, it's, it's sort of like saying, like, this, why do you, it's just like making all of our cars look worse. Like, why mm -hmm. do you even, couldn't your dad buy you a better, oh, no. And yeah, everybody's just sort of like, all her friends don't even, I, I, I guess I sort of, in a way, when I was watching this going, yeah, I guess in the 80s, kids were probably even worse as bullies than they are now. Yeah. Just, like, there's something about was, that that makes sense. It was it was really mean with this, you know, the, the Rachel McAdams of this film says that was a pretty horrible comment. But, you know, uh, Memo's trying to make her feel better. He's like, I know something that'll make you feel better. Revenge. He says it in a really cartoonish way yep. like that. So they do the classic 80 thing, 80s thing. They decide they're going to egg and TP her house. They're, so they're trying to have Bumblebee help with this. He's trying to wrap his head around it. He grabs a roll of toilet paper, completely destroys it by accident. He ends up throwing the whole package of toilet paper. It just goes flying in the air. But it's okay. They still have eggs. This is one of my favorite scenes where I was laughing out loud because Bumblebee starts egging her car. Well, no, he like, just smushes eggs on the roof. Like, he, right. doesn't, he doesn't throw them. He right. just takes the two cartons, smashes them together like he's trip like um, a teacher banging chalk. Yeah, he's, and then he's basically like, yeah, he's basically like finger painting the egg all over the car. But he doesn't stop there. Nope. So he just starts destroying this damn car. He's crushing it. He's dancing on it. Completely wrecks it. The alarm goes off. They speed away. She sees her car. She's really upset. It's really funny. It's Revenge like scene. he hides behind it at one point. Like, <laughs> yes. like the car tips over and it's like up like 90 degrees and Bumblebee just sort of crouches behind it. Like he's not going to be seen, but then they're like, we have to get the hell. And then they just, yeah, she comes out in a green mask and like one of those like skincare masks or whatever they get away and they're all having a great blast. And then, um, a cop, uh, is like notices they're speeding. So then Bumblebee speaks through putting, I can't drive 55 
on the car stereo. And we have a little good old fashioned car chase that revokes that memory you might have had as a kid of like, wait, what happens when somebody's in a transformer when it changes? Because it's when they're in a tunnel chase, Bumblebee gets a little bit more narrow, which means that Memo and Charlie get slightly more close together. And Memo is just like, ha 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 ha. And Charlie is just like, not really thinking. Yeah. It's it's cute, yeah. But I I love like again. I mean, one thing I haven't said yet, but I really love the visual effects in this movie. Is like from the fight scenes to just the way the transformers look. And this was a, a very fun scene of just like using the actual transformer element well and seeing Bumblebee morph on the fly to get them out of trouble. Very cool stuff. And but it turns out the next morning there's some things we have to do. Charlie has to go to her job, but she's feeling guilty, so she goes, "Okay, no, be." Here, have my Pop-Tart. She just puts a yeah. strawberry Pop-Tart on his hood. Um, yeah. But she gets to work, and her boss is like, we're out of sticks. Hey, go go steal some from the frozen banana stand. And Charlie goes, we just can't sell the hot dogs. And the boss just points above his head. He goes, nah, we can't. And the sign says, hot dog on a stick. Like, their whole, it's their whole brand. They can't, like, can't abandon that. They, or they're just going to put a sign over the on a stick part for the day? No. <laughs> um... But then Bumblebee doesn't really want to just sit inside the house, Mike. Much like Ferdinand, Bumblebee gets himself into some trouble and pokes his head through the doggy door from the garage. But that doesn't go that well, does it? No, because, yeah, what starts as Bumblebee poking his head through the door to follow the dog turns to him just breaking that door. Um, and he accidentally just kind of wrecks the whole house trying to play with the family dog. Uh, and then he eventually touches a power outlet and a surge of monster energy goes through him because it's like this green flash so i wrote down monster energy mm. and he, cre he creates a whole power surge in the neighborhood which uh of course gets picked up by the military they notice a, a, ch a change in energy and then uh charlie comes home speeds home because she knows something's up she gets the call yeah momo was like uh, something's wrong you yeah. need to get back yep yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she's obviously very upset because he just wrecked her whole house and how she's going to hide this and whatnot. And, um, yeah, this then eventually mom comes home. But sorry, before that, so Bumblebee is really having like emotions and and Charlie says to him because well, he's not doing that much. Great. Helpful shame spiral be <laughs> like that's one of the few lines of dialogue. I'm like that's not in where people saying saying shame spiral in the eighties. I don't believe so. But when they're on their way home, Otis is like doing pretend karate chops to his mom, and he yeah. says, "And now you're crippled for life." It's like we we yeah. know some people like this kid, um, oh. multiple multiple. Um, but mom comes home and she sees that the house is basically torn up as if. Like, there was a hurricane or just, like, something really bad happened, and she's yelling. And Charlie and her mother have a really big argument here, because Mom's angry that all Charlie does is spend time with the car, and she's not, like, she's just making life harder for everybody else. But Charlie retorts and says, just because you moved on doesn't mean I have. Just because you found somebody to replace Dad doesn't mean I'm ever going to. Yeah. And then her mom barely can respond to that, and Charlie leaves the house angry. And this is when Agent Burns crosses paths with our heroes for the first time, or the second can I, time. Can I just can yeah. I just throw one thing in there? Yeah. So as they're yeah, so so Charlie and and Memo are driving away in Bumblebee to get away from to get out of just to get out of the house. 
Memo's trying to make Charlie feel better. And he's like, you know what they say? The darkest nights produce the brightest stars. And he's like, oh, yeah, my mom got that from Weight Watchers. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <but> yeah. <laughs> and now cut to Agent Burns and his whole crew are waiting for them. Yeah. And Agent Burns knows Bumblebee, so he's not he, – he's already suspicious. And um, Agent Burns is like, stop. Don't go anywhere. Get out and move away from the vehicle. To which Bumblebee jumps into human form and grabs Charlie and runs away. And Agent Smith goes, they ran. And it's very <laughs> – <laughs> but here come the Decepticons. But B- B-127 doesn't want to fight back. Bumblebee is not yeah. taking them on. And that means Burns and his men are going to try to subdue him by tasering the crap out of him. Oh, my God. Good, good job on the Fortnite win. Um, I have never gotten one of those. Um, but, he, like, get uh, the they, they start shocking B-127 with all these little tasers. And the spare electricity knocks Charlie unconscious, kind of. To which she wakes up at home hearing Agent Burns and her parents talking. And Agent Burns goes... Your daughter stole government property. And Charlie doesn't believe that. He's my mm. friend, she says. And then Ron. Ron doesn't know when to not talk. Because Ron says, you know, when I was going through puberty, I stole things. I stole a box of Malamars once. To which <laughs> yes. Agent Burns goes, yeah, we know. And it's... <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. It's uh, really yeah. good. Uh, another excellent, another excellent line from, um, from Ron, who's starting to warm on us at this point. And, so, yeah. Yeah, I believe at, at this point, um, I think Bumblebee is, is more or less locked up. Uh, I think, uh, Charlie, you know, obviously Charlie's not having that. She no. wants to go find yeah. her, find her Transformer. She looks for Momo. And she runs yep. into her brother, who's about to yell to mom and dad to try to get her in trouble. But they, uh, Charlie puts her hand over his mouth and like grabs him to move him. And Charlie and Otis just yells, "You're touching my buttocks!" <laughs> yes. And that's the second movie in a row we've heard the word buttocks in. Um, yes. But the flower helmet is back because Charlie and Momo go on their merry way, and because Otis is basically told, "No, you are valuable. You're gonna get them off our scent. You're gonna help." protect you're gonna help us out mm-hmm. and then dr powell basically walks in on the most obvious torture scene ever like he yes. walks in on the robot the um transformer version of the geneva conventions being violated oh. and it's <laughs> jesus it, it, yes no he, like bumblebee is hung up by his hand and they're doing all sorts of stuff to him and it looks so i'm sorry jackie like bumblebees are really but here's the thing this Bumblebee doesn't have a stinger. This Bumblebee is actually a really lovable dog of a robot. It's like a little big puppy. It's like... At one Bumblebee, point, yeah. we, we didn't mention this earlier. One of the early scenes in the movie, when they're just meeting Haley Steinfeld's character and the robot, he the robot can't talk. The robot doesn't know how to do anything. But it moves its head. It can it can understand everything. And it puts its head up because um, Haley Steinfeld's character holds out her hands. And Bumblebee just puts his head inside the hand palm. Like he's being pet like a little pet. Mm-hmm. And it's the most adorable thing. So, um, yeah. But to, br- to, to go bring back, full, yeah. To bring that full circle. Um, so eventually, yeah. So Bumblebee is captured. He was, you know, being experimented on and whatnot. Uh, Charlie eventually makes her way to Bumblebee. I think she finds him more or less unconscious, is able to revive him. And 
<laughs> I forgot how we get here, but there's an incredible, another incredible Agent Burn scene where they're, you know... Well, Powell, Dr. Powell realizes that something's clearly going wrong here. Yeah. And he calls up Agent Burns. Yeah. But after he does that, he gets snap-pop liquidized like a burst whitehead. Yeah, um, yeah Powell, uh, yeah, because they're... Yeah, they're trying to get Optimus Prime's location from Bumblebee. Um, they see they get the hologram out, uh, and then Powell, just as Powell is warning Burns what's up, he gets gooped. Yep. Um, so <laughs> we get so P Burns and crew are on their way to get Bumblebee, and another great line. He just goes, "There's a door in my way." So he has all his crew put explosives on the door, blow it up, blow it up. They're trying to get Charlie off of Bumblebee. Uh, but this is like when kids... Memo knows that something's going wrong, and he tackles yes. Charlie to protect her from the explosion, which is, yes. which will explain why he has his arm in a sling later on, if you were wondering. Because there's no yeah. other reason than his collision after the explosion. Um, but when at a certain point before that explosion, they're trying to get Bumblebee back to life because Bumblebee's been like beaten up so much that he's sort of unconscious. And yeah. so Charlie goes, get the electric gun. Because there are these guns that can shock people, and she just keeps shocking Bumblebee to try to bring him back. And then he just, like, the 90-degree, like, rising up tilt, like, very Undertaker kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and Charlie hugs him, and she's almost weeping. And it just reminds you that she really wants to be in contact with her father. And the fact she was able mm -hmm. to save Bumblebee has sort of definitely a, a character bent to it. And mm -hmm. Bumblebee's memory seems to have been restored. So yes. when he Like, all it took me, you know, he all, you know... Customer support is right. Sometimes you just need to restart a computer, and that's what turned out here. Um, but yeah, there's a door in his way. Um, but Agent Burns is really upset that they're trying to prick Bumblebee, and he goes, he, and Agent Burns yells, Cena yells, he's a machine. And to which Charlie yells, he's more human than you'll ever be. Uh, and then, right in the heart. Yep, Bumblebee rises up and intimidates the crap and. I love so this this scene is so good. So now so now Bumblebee's pissed because he's had enough of the military trying to mess with him, trying to hold him down, trying to sedate him, and he's had these adorable blue eyes the whole film. His eyes turn red. He's in attack mode. He knocks Burns away. He's wrecking havoc all over the place. To which Burns, yeah. To which Burns says, "Oh shit." <laughs> yeah. So that that's yes. I'm glad you said that, Henry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was one of the moments when we saw this in theaters for the first time. Yeah. We were both hysterical laughing out loud because <laughs> again, the t the timing was perfect. Yeah. Bumblebee turns red. There's a, a second of silence. Oh shit! Burns gets slapped away. It was yep. incredible timing. So, um, so now yeah. So so Bumblebee has kind of gotten the army out of the way, and they're off to the races going after the Decepticons. Uh, right before Charlie leaves, she kisses Memo on the cheek, and he, he's like, "Wow, she, wow, you kissed me." She's like, "On the cheek," to which Memo says, "Still counts." Still counts. Yeah, a dramatic pause after the first still counts. He says, "Still counts again," but then Memo stands in front of the the like, the fleet of cars that try to get stop them. Liam, thank you for joining us, dude. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Liam is hysterical, y'all. Uh, Liam from YouTube, follow him on Twitter and YouTube, of course. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the five bits. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you think of um, the Tribal Chief, his big business tonight. I'm not sure what he's up to, but uh, considering it's Father's Day, he'll probably be mocking the dad he just defeated on uh, Friday night. Um, but we'll go back to the movie here. And so 
Memo stands up and tries to hold his hand up to these cars that are driving by, and they just drive past him because he's a teenager. Who cares about a teenager? Um, yes. But then we're in the car with the family that is, like, trying to – Mom and Ron and Otis. And Ron admits they don't have seatbelts. And he's like, we got to get seatbelts at some point. Okay, whatever. And Otis yeah. is, like, sort of backseat driving. Yes. And then John Cena yells to the guy who's driving him. You lose that car, I will personally rip your face off. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible dialogue. So so yeah, they're 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 trailing Charlie. Ron's driving like a maniac. Uh, there's this incredible bit where there's these like you three instances where you think they're about to get hit by a car and the cars all stop at the last minute and Ron's you know, he's been doing donuts and spiraling. And, he says, uh, <laughs> Ron says, I saw this on Miami Vice before yes. he does it. He drives like a maniac. Uh, the, the the mom's like, nice driving, Ron. Otis is just so dizzy and dazed from this. He's like, that was radical and just completely pukes right after. And we see, you see the vomit. Hilarious. Yep. He's so gonna, buys, he's gonna. Yep. That buys, uh, that buys Charlie, Charlie and Bumblebee some time. Uh, I love, uh, there's a really sweet scene. I think Bumblebee like hides Charlie in a dumpster he starts playing the he starts playing the Smiths again. She goes, "Oh, you you actually like?" He's like, "She's she's like it was offended earlier." And he like, "But it, I would hate anything to happen to you." Is the song that he plays That's the, the lyrics? Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but then an errant missile from the Bumblebee Decepticon skirmish hits the dumpster that Charlie was in. So Bumblebee's plan wasn't that thought out. He he, he meant well. He really meant yeah. Well. He did. He he might have thought that Earth dumps Earth dumpsters were a little bit more well protected than they actually are. But Scarly, Char, Charlie scales the signal tower because the Decepticons have put a green little... It's like the, the monster energy can inside yeah. this thing that they're transmitting. They're trying to transmit the coordinates to Earth to um, Megatron and the rest. And But who's here to save the day? Oh, well. So, Charlie, yeah. Charlie's trying to get up there... Um, there's a lot, a lot happens in the scene. Charlie's trying to get on top of the satellite. Uh, Bumblebee starts scrapping with, I think it was, I think it's Shatter at this point. Um, the helicopter, an, though, Agent Burns yes, flies. Okay, okay, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, just when all things, all things seem lost, Agent Burns shows up on the helicopter. Uh, he's pretty, he pre, pretty shortly after that, he gets knocked out of the sky. Uh, but fortunately, our boy Bumblebee is there for the assist, and they have this great eye-to-eye moment. He's like, "Where like he doesn't he cat- Burns, Burns doesn't say anything, but he's like, "Wow, like you saved me, even though I've been chasing your ass the whole film." Like Bumblebee, like basically, like um, sort of cushions the fall. Like he yeah. sort of like stops the thing from crashing. Yep. And yeah, they have this moment of like, okay, maybe we're on the same side. Maybe they mm-hmm. can get along after all. Um, and then Bumblebee basically chains the blue Decepticon up. Dropkick, yeah. Yeah. And then Charlie's in danger and jumps. Do you have better notes in the section than I do? Cause yeah, I'm... no, this is, this is incredible. So, yeah, this is the big epic final fight scene. So a lot happens. But I wrote some highlights. So, yeah, I think uh, Bumblebee chains up Dropkick. I think Dropkick even has a quip about it. He's like, you think you can chain me up? And then that's exactly what Bumblebee does and literally blows Dropkick up. So Dropkick's dead out of the equation, as we said. Uh, Bumblebee saves Bird, uh, Burns. Shatter is a, is about to attack. 
but then Bumblebee shoots her down. There's a really, there's a lot of, again, I, I thought the action scenes were very well done. The animations movie was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote in my notes at one point, Bumblebee hit Shatter with what looks like a Hurricane Rana. Oh, yeah, no, nice, I have that. Yeah, no. Um... A very nice, a very nice, not a very, you know, very, it's always good to have uh, actual wrestling moves in a John Cena movie. Yeah. Red is about to attack Charlie. Um, mm-hmm. The red, the red Decepticon is about to attack Charlie, but out of nowhere, a Bumblekin Rana mm-hmm. takes. Bumblebee. Yeah, and then Bumblebee, and then the that uh, Decepticon is laughing at Bumblebee like, "Oh, you're you, you can't stop me!" And Bumblebee like fires at him, and it misses yeah. him, and there's like, "Oh, you missed. Oh, maybe not." And it blows up the dam behind them both, which is, that's going to ruin them both. And the yeah. tanker. There's a tanker that was behind the dam that flies at both of them. The Decepticon jumps on it, but Bumblebee gets knocked down underneath it. And what are we going to do when our beloved Bumblebee is underwater? Well, hey, it's a good thing our lead character is a professional diver because Charlie... And it's a good thing she's also at the top of a a tall, skinny tower right above Bumblebee. Like, the positioning could not be better. She didn't even have to go anywhere to get ready to do this. Yep, so so she puts those diving skills to use. So all the foreshadowing paid off here. She's able to to get Bumblebee out. Um, and then they get out of the wreckage. Burns goes to that. You know, Burns basically has his face turned. He's like, you guys need to get out of here. She's like, thank you. He goes, no, thank you. And now an incredible moment, one of the best in the film. Right before Burns lets them go, he goes to Bumblebee. Hey, soldier. And just gives him the firmest Cena salute you could yep. give. His hand is so flat, it's crooked. Like, yeah. it's... And then Bumblebee returns that by just breakfast clubs, yeah. uh, the breakfast club fist bump. And um, it's right yeah. here. It's like, ah, oh, so wholesome. But then, who comes to say the day? But Memo shows up, and he goes, I made it. And uh, Cena goes, world's already been saved, kid. And Memo just says to him, can you call my mom? And it's, it's just a reminder was- that these are still kids. Um, and it's sort of, we get the real emotions coming out here. Like I'll admit I got pretty dusty multiple times during this movie. Like I get teary eyed at a lot of movies. This one really sort of hit the feels pretty well. Yeah. There were a couple of moments where it definitely, definitely, definitely felt the lump in my throat. Definitely felt, felt that the gut punch. Um, so it's, yeah, we, we get to the, so we're at the ending, you know, the, the world's safe for now and kind of the big. Yeah, oh yeah, Marie wanted to chime in because she was very, uh, she was very moved by this ending. But yeah. you know, Bumblebee and Charlie are saying goodbye. She basically says, "You have people out there, and you have people who need you out there, and so do I." Uh, and then there's that really sweet scene that Bumblebee says, "Thank you so much for giving me my voice." But it's split radio. up. Yeah, it's split up of like seven different people talking, and it's yeah. oh, it's so. And then so Bumblebee looks towards the Golden Gate Bridge because that's where they are. I didn't realize this whole time that they were in San Francisco. Whatever. Um, yeah. It was probably obvious, or they probably said something, but Bumblebee scans a yellow sports car and then couldn't transform into be that car. And Charlie goes, you could have been a Camaro this whole time? And Bumblebee's stereo hits, don't you forget about me. And it's like, yep, this movie knows like cyclical storytelling and parallel storytelling really well. Good callbacks. Charlie comes home. Hugs mom, compliments Ron on his driving. Otis is a little bit. He's like, they forced me to tell, and Charlie goes, "I'm glad they did. I wouldn't able. To, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys." And then Memo is Sweet. there in a sling, 
And of course, yep. the blasted door. They sort of have this cutesy, like, uh, we're, there's maybe a crush, who knows, walking moment. And Memo kind of almost maybe goes to hold her hand, or nobody goes to hold anybody, but their hands are near each other. And Charlie just sort of laughs. He goes, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, yep. we're not quite there yet. And then that's the start of the credits. But Mike, yeah, so we, there's there more. Yeah, so we get a, I wouldn't say a post-credits, kind of like a post-title stinger. So yeah. we see the Bumblebee logo, we get our post-title stinger, and it's Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, who we actually, we saw Optimus Prime as Bumblebee was driving on the Golden Gate Bridge. We see the classic Optimus Prime truck. But now now they're, you know, in their normal forms, just talking. He's like, thanking Bumblebee because of you. We have a future. And he's still calling him B121, B127. Yep. And Bumblebee's like, no, my name is Bumblebee. And then we have this great shot of the other Transformers coming in. We see all the big meteors from the sky. So the squad's rolling to Earth. So again, this is basically setting off. This is rebooting and setting off the, the current Transformers universe as we know it. And the most wholesome part of the ending, of course, is that Charlie's able to fix her dad's car, uh, which definitely got me in the gut a little bit. And then she's rolling out in uh, that beautiful classic yep. car. Drop top convertible. It's beautiful. Uh, but it's not just wholesome because of that. Because next to the Polaroid that Charlie's had of her and her dad, she has a new Polaroid of her and Bumblebee. Yeah, because it's, it's really sweet. Yeah, and it's like she drives off and... There wasn't an 80s song, I don't think, playing during this. There might have been, but like it's just a really good, wholesome ending. And there you have it, folks. Bumblebee, the um, eighth edition of uh, the John Cena filmography, I believe. Yeah, that's the eighth movie we've talked about. Um, next week, we're going to talk, or th this Thursday night, I believe, we're going to talk about Blockers, which came out slightly before Bumblebee, but they're both 2018 movies, and, you know, it's, it's still 2021. Scheduling is a redacted. Um, but I have to ask you, Mike, where do you think you're sitting on Bumblebee if Ferdinand was a four out of five? Ooh, yeah, uh, this, this is, I mean, I, I think Bumblebee is easily the best film we've discussed so far. I think it's even better than Ferdinand. I would say it's at least a four, but like, I would, I would I, say it's also, I would say it's also a four and Marie's chiming in as well. Yeah. I would say it's also a four, but better than Ferdinand. Like once we actually rank them all. Yeah. That's, I am, that's where I'm at on it. Yeah, I am almost willing to say this is a real four, and Ferdinand with actually a three point five in disguise. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't, Good. like we didn't really know it at that point that it was a three point five. But like, like I'm not going to give Bumblebee a four point five. Like you and I have debated a four versus a four point five numerous times. Like I don't know if this yeah. is a uh, CC, a scene, a C nation's choice. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is I think. Right now, I'm going to drop this in for Nuck. And you're right, Magan, best Transformers film in years. And this is the beginning of a new generation of films. And honestly, um, if this is if John Cena is going to be anchoring the cinematic universe, um, sorry, the Transformers cinematic universe, that's great. Because um, now he is still alive in this universe. He is an important figure in the government. And I think that this gives us um, Bumblebee of the Four. Ferdinand is a 3.5. Then 12 rounds, a 3. Scooby-Doo, also a 3. Uh, then you have 2.5 Marine. 2 for Scooby-Doo. Uh, sorry, Flintstones and WWE. The cars outside are disagreeing, but who cares? Nice. Legendary is a 1.5. And Reunion is a 1. So we've got a pretty evened out That's scale here. Um, but next week, we get to, I think, one of the best of them all. And I don't think we're going to break the scale here. We're not going to go six stars in the Tokyo Dome. But Blockers, this Thursday night, 
we'll see y'all back here with Alyssa Mercante. And that's going to be a blast. Um, honestly, Bumblebee, a blockers, if you haven't seen it yet. I was, I was, I was, a bar I was at a barbecue yesterday with some people. And they had like, oh, I saw the trailer for that. I never, I'm like, no, no, it's worth renting. I'm like, no, no, it's actually also worth paying for on demand. Because Blockers is only you, you on might, Fubo. You might, you might even want to buy the Blu-ray. It's that good. Oh, I, this is the kind of thing where I would definitely say you pay for the rental and then consider buying the Blu-ray thereafter. Like, I'm looking yeah. at my my shelf. I don't actually own the Blu-ray. That's I'm, I'm ashamed of myself right now. <laughs> um, but, you know. You know, it, I bought it on iTunes. That's why I have, like, a, a good crystal clear copy of it. Um, sometimes you don't need physical media, although my room says otherwise. Um, but then next after that, we've got Playing With Fire, which I don't want to call it a regression, but it's definitely not in the same... It's a weird movie. After that, F9. After that, The Suicide Squad. And this week... Sorry, today... We just added another movie to the schedule. Mike, is there a there's there life after Suicide Squad and before Peacemaker? There is life after Suicide Squad because as I found out literally minutes before we went live, uh, there's another John Cena film coming out this summer on Hulu called Vacation Friends starring uh, John Cena, Lil Ray Howery, uh, uh, Von Orgley, Meredith Hagner, um, it's going to be just like a silly family comedy straight to Hulu, uh, which should be really fun. I didn't realize we were getting blessed with so much John Cena cinematic content in 2021. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that one uh, a couple months down the line. Hollywood loves this man. Um, and we're going to have the Peacemaker show in 2022 early on. And um, we've got plans for what we do next. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for Cinephiles. As always, we can remind you that if you want to see the lovely Marie, tune in on Twitch and YouTube. C-E-N-A-P-H-I-L-E-S. You will see. She just ran away from you and then ran back. It's adorable. You didn't notice it because you turned away. But Marie just oh, yeah. is like, um, but it's adorable. Um, so you can watch us on, because you can stream us on Twitch and YouTube. And we're on your favorite podcatchers as well. Everything from Overcast to Apple Podcasts to Spotify, whatever you're using. Um, we're here. You can be here. Join us on the Twitch Live. And, I mean, Marie is basically the living version of that Shaq and a cat that... <laughs> yes, I am Shaq and Marie's yeah, the cat right the now. The AEW cat. Sorry, AEW wrestler yep. Shaquille O'Neal. Um, yes. So stay tuned. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you all for joining us today. And this was Cenophile.